you didn't know that this morning, I pray that you will before you leave this place. You may take your seats. Family, thanks team on the stage there. We appreciate that. I want to release all the young people to the discipleship class. Um, ben and Naomi will be taking that this morning, so I'll let you guys go right now. That'd be brilliant. Hey, um, I was reading a great article about a man from Leeds in England, and he went to his doctor uh, to check out his hearing. He was having some trouble here. Hearing. And the doctor uh, looked at examined his ears and took his um, hearing aid out of his ear and straight away he could hear uh, much better than with it in. And the problem had been, uh, the reason he could now hear a lot clearer was because he had his hearing in, ear in the wrong ear for 20 years. If only he'd realised he could hear much better if he took it out of his good ear and put it in his bad. He didn't realise that and I thought... How sad is that? Uh, 20 years of being able to hear better, but you couldn't because you just needed to change something. Um, and you know, the Word of God says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord's saying. And it's this morning, my heart would sincerely be that you would hear, because obviously that scripture is, is, is relating clearly that we can have physical hearing, but we need more than that to sometimes hear what God wants to speak into our heart. Uh, we need a receptive heart, don't we? And my prayer this morning is that you would hear more than just with the physical. We need the physical hearing, um, but we need to have a heart receptive, and that's my prayer and desire. And we'll pray in a moment. So maybe today you just need to change something. Maybe you need to spiritually change your hearing aid and just stick it in the other ear for your heart to hear. Uh, may you be open. Because, you know, we can come on a Sunday and we can say, well, this will be good. Uh, but, you know, we need to, I think, purposely say, Father, what would you want to say today to me? So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you that you love us, that you have purpose and plans for us, and I thank you that your word is active and alive, and I ask it would be in our hearts that this morning, and that we'd be receptive, not just with our physical ears, but with our heart reception this morning. We'd hear what you're saying. We ask that in Jesus' name, and if you agree this morning, give me an amen. Amen. Wonderful. Um, I want to read from Hebrews chapter 12 this morning, verses 1 to 3. I've got it on the screen, but if you've got your Bible, use that. Uh, it'd be great. Hebrews is a book. Uh, it's the only book in the Bible that I don't really know who wrote it. If you, you, some scholars will say Paul. If you've got a King James Version of the Bible, it will actually say Paul was the author. And that's not, that's not, uh, not necessarily the case at all. Uh, we're not quite sure who wrote it. It's the real mystery book of the Bible. It's really talking to the Ju uh, Judaism and telling them to come into Christianity. It's talking, the book of Hebrews is talking about getting rid of religious Christianity or religious beliefs and, and tapping into relationship in Jesus. Um, Hebrews is a great book because um, in Hebrews uh, chapter 11 and 12, it talks about faith and um, particularly talks about all those wonderful men and women who've gone before us, the Moses and the Abrahams, men and women of faith and the Ruth and all those people. And Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read verses 1 to 3. Have you got it? Great. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, talking about chapter 11 of Hebrews, all those men and women who went before us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, not looking unto Facebook, not looking unto Instagram, but looking unto Jesus. Nothing wrong with those um, social media outlets, but you know, you know, I think we just 
need to get our priorities right, don't we? Um, all the older people said, yeah, all the young people, not quite sure. No, no, I understand we all know that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, and he despised the shame, because he had plenty of it heaped on him, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Consider him, kind of think about him, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Verse 1 uses the word endurance. Another word for an endurance, if they were to write it from the original Greek, would be patience. Well, patience, endurance. Mm, that kind of speaks, doesn't it, not of a 100-meter sprint but a marathon. Would you agree? It's not about just running from here to the end of the street and saying, I've finished it, I've won the race. No, you know, life isn't that short. <clears throat> Thankfully, <laughs> it's a bit longer, isn't it? And it's a marathon that we're all engaged in. It's not just a sprint. It's not just a quick over and it's all done, but it's a marathon. And to do a marathon, I've never completed a marathon. I, I, I desire one day to complete a half marathon. Some of you here have done a half marathon. Penny, you've done a half marathon, haven't you? You know, that's incredible. But, you know, it takes a little bit more than just, um, you know, well, I'm just going to run as fast as I can for the first K and we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The other day I was at Park Run, which is just a little running club in Gladstone. Some of you attend that. And on Saturday morning at 7, and I saw this man in his early 40s turn up. He had, he had like, he was incredibly prepared for this. It was only 5K run. Now, that's not short, but it's not overly long. But it is, you know, you've got to kind of pace yourself. And this man turned up with a utility belt almost around him. He had a couple of water bottles. He had a spot for his phone. He had earphones in. He was going to listen to his pace and, you know, have the right apps on his phone. Man, I thought he's got the singlet, the running shoes, the pants. I thought, this guy, he must be good. I, I honestly thought, this guy is good. He is well prepared. I wonder what time he's going to do. And then when the, then they said, go, we all took off. And he sprinted. I thought, this guy is exceptional. <laughs> This man is really good. He, is he going to run that pace for all 5K? Right, he's going to set a world record. I just took off at my normal pace. 1.5 kilometers down the track, guess who I passed walking? I thought, wow, I had such high hopes for him. <laughs> such high hopes. I thought, you know what? And I started to think about the reality. You know, you can have all the gear and you can look good. You can, have all, you can have the fast start. You can have the incredible uh, um, you know, ability and all those things for the first K. But if you haven't got the pace, if you haven't got the, the, the patience and the endurance to last the five, what's the use? What's the use? And, and I fell for my friend because he continues to do the same thing. I think he hasn't learned. <laughs> Don't run so fast at the start. <laughs> And some of us can take off in life and we're so busy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I just want to tell you today that, you know, the, the, the difference, the reality is, is your dreams and your desires and your, the things that you want to see happen in the future and you want to see this happen better and this relationship happen better and maybe a better job. And the difference between that dream and reality where you are today, you know what the difference is between this? Between here, reality and the dream? Discipline, that's what it's called. It's called discipline. It means just doing all the little things really well. Enduring, being patient, 
And so we see in the scripture, um, Paul, uh, sorry, Paul might not have written it, but the author of Hebrews clearly says, come on, endure, endure, you know, uh, in, run with endurance. He doesn't say run with us fast, sprint. he said run with endurance so that we may finish the race. And it says consider him. It says consider who? It says consider Jesus. Do you know that there's a guy, there's a man who's already gone before us and he's at the finish line? He's on the throne with his father. He's already there. He endured. Praise God, Jesus made it. I'm glad he didn't get to the cross and say, oh, this is a bit difficult. I think I'll, I think I'll pass this one, thanks. No, he went all the way. He endured. He, he despised the shame. He, he, he received the physical beating. And, and he went all the way, and he, and he got the reward. I reckon that's what we all should aim for. Because one day he wants us to have the reward as well. But it's not yet, but it will be. And at the moment, it's an enduring time. It's the discipline time, isn't it? You know what really concerns me as I read scriptures and Bible, it says that in the last days, some will fall away. I think, Father, don't let that be me. I want to have the right pace. I want to endure. I don't want to fall away. Be, you know, have a, 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 a something within your spirit that says, no way, that's not going to be me. I'm going to endure. I'm going to push on what God has for me. Um, Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. Come on, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We don't give up. We don't give up. And you know, probably for all intentional purposes, every one of us today would say, that's me, I'm not going to give up. And I, I'm with you. But I've discovered as I go through life that there come some mountains and they, that are difficult to climb and some valleys that are fairly depressing sometimes and there's some difficulties. I want to tell you, make a decision today that says when I hit those times that are difficult, that I, that's the time when the give up verse in Galatians 6, 9 is really going to kick in. I'm not going to grow weary. I might be weary, but I'm not going to let it overcome me. So I, I, I see in Scripture many times it can say today. It says in Psalm 95, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today, that's a great thing. Don't do that today. 2 Corinthians 6 says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. That's great. Today is a day of salvation. Psalm 118 says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice in it and be glad in it. Today is a good day. But you know what? Those things are the, for salvation and, and rejoicing. And today we make a decision about what we're going to do. But you know, I've discovered that character, it's not just about today. If I want to grow character, it's also about tomorrow. It's not just about my Sundays. It's about my Mondays. And it's about my Tuesdays and my Wednesdays and my Thursdays. And then I get to next Sunday and, and then we're going to do it all again. God gives us opportunity to do it all again. So when it comes to character and growth and just Dig it in. It's, it's all about not just today, but tomorrow as well. Tomorrow as well. And it's not just, you know, in life. Sometimes it can be one marathon after another. You get to the end of the line. And it's not just collapsing over the end of the line, say, that's it, I'm finished, I've done my, my, my race. No, no, no. It's having a bit of times of, uh, of, of uh, getting up again and, and, you know, replenishing the lungs and breathing normally again. And then you do it again. It's, it, there's always an opportunity to run again. And it's not getting over the line and collapsing, and that's the end, and I'm finished. No, no. Going again. Going again. So I want to talk about going the distance this morning. Is that okay? And I want to give you just three things to go the distance. And I want to encourage us this morning as the people of God, as his family. And the first thing that I see if we're going to go the distance, you've got to have times where you just reflect on where you're at. Reflect. Here's the first word. Just reflect. R-E-F-L-E-C-T. 
Psalm 119, verse 15. I'm not going to have them up on the screen, but you can write them down. It says, I spend, this is what the psalmist says, I'm going to spend time thinking and reflecting about your word. I consider how you want me to live. I will consider how you want me to live. Psalm 119, verse 15. I want to consider, I want to reflect on your truth, on your laws, on your ways, God. I just want to reflect. I want to take time to reflect. And you know, as I've considered what I reflect on, sometimes I've found that I've got to be careful what I reflect on because I can fall into the line of thinking where all I reflect on is about other sometimes. Um, example might be just comparisons. I just maybe reflect on comparisons. I compare myself to this person or that person. And that's not a good thing to reflect on because you, God just says, don't, don't do that. You reflect on the Word of God, not other people. I mightn't look as good this Sunday morning as someone else. I mightn't be able to sing as good as them. Don't reflect on that. You know, every one of us God has purpose for. We've got to be careful what we reflect on. We, we look at each other and say, I'm not, I'm not this or I'm not that. I tell you what, you know, the truth is, sometimes we reflect in God's word and we say, well, God, you know, is it about, what, what is it about me? No, it's about who we are in him, not who we are in us. It's about who we are in Christ. It's in him we live and move and have our being. And when we reflect on God's word, we start to see who we are in Jesus Christ. And you're incredible. You're incredible. And I don't just say that to flatter you. It's the truth. But many times when we reflect on something negative or we reflect on somebody else, we never see the reality of who we are. We just see we're always locked into a line of thinking of, well, I don't match up. Folks, that's not the truth. Uh, you who you are in God. You don't have to be who someone else is. Psalm 119, verse 55. Here's another verse from that. It says, I meditate and reflect on your name all night, God, treasuring the revelation that you give me in your word. I reflect on it all night. I haven't done that lately. I've gone to sleep usually. But the truth is it's talking about just reflecting on what God's word says, reflecting on the truth. Don't reflect on what the world says about you because sometimes the world says about you is um, it's just, um, you know, it overemphasizes things about you. That's called flattery. I don't want to be flattered. I want to know the reality about myself. And sometimes the world will underemphasize you, which is called, you know, putting you down. I don't want to be put down. And so don't reflect on what the world says. Reflect on what God's word says. Sometimes God's word will say, you know, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I think that's a good word for us. Some say, oh, well, I don't feel it. Well, folks, start to see that that's what God says about you. Yeah, that's what he says. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Not in me. I, if I just depend upon me, I'm never going to be that. But in Christ Jesus, and I reflect on that. And I say, Father, in you I am. In you I can live and move and have my being. In you. So what do we reflect on? We can be rushing sometimes, rushing to the next thing, rushing here, rushing there, busy, busy, busy. Um, you know, the reality is, is that rushing doesn't often achieve God's purpose and plans for our life. We need to take the time to just reflect, slow down. And when you start to reflect, you can start to ask yourself some questions. You know, and it's always good because sometimes we run so fast in life is because we don't want to slow down to ask ourselves questions. I don't want to face that situation how my relationships are going. If I ask myself that question, that means I might have to change. I don't want to consider how I treat my parents or how I treat my children. I don't want to consider how I, what's happening at work and the ethics that I have there. I don't want to consider, but you've got to slow down, folks. And if you don't, you'll never have time to reflect and you'll never have time to do any changes. 
You okay? Have there been some things, as you reflect, you start to think, has there been some things that have slipped into some need of repair and attention in my life? Does my marriage just need a little bit of attention? I tell you what, if, if some of you didn't reflect upon your marriage and just consider what you need to change, you wouldn't be together today. It's because you did. It's because you just adjusted. It's because you, you bought a great book or you went to a marriage course. It's because you did that and reflected that you are. I think that's good. I'm not trying to be negative. That's good. That's good. So we just need to be careful. The devil wants you never to reflect on how things are going because if you do, you never get a chance to, to adjust things. And he doesn't want the best for you. He wants the worst for you. <laughs> so we've got to be careful. I, I, I know a young man, not in this church, not even in this city, that's been, he's 33 years of age and he's just about to go and be married for the fourth time. 33! And I've just thought about him, and I, and I don't judge him wrongly. I just feel for him. And I think, my friend, have, what didn't you learn from the first, second, and third marriage that, you, that, that has made that happen, and now you're going into a fourth? Have you stopped and reflected? You know, this is my thoughts. Have you stopped and reflected? Have you just slowed down a moment and just given some thought about why life isn't doing so well? How come you are? Because the reality is you can't swap relationships. It's not just going to change it by just swapping and bringing another lady into your life. It's a bit like, it's a bit like um, the reality of um, buying a new set of golf clubs or a tennis racket to compensate for your bad swing. You know what I mean? It's never going to happen. It's a bit like, ladies, you know, buying a new set of pots and pans, the best on the, and thinking that you're going to cook better meals. It's just not going to happen. Now, it might help, but, you know, reality is, you know, it, it, and the truth is a new relationship doesn't fix bad relationship habits. We all have personal history, don't we? We all have a personal history. Some of our history is really good. Some of it I've made mistakes in. I haven't done it right. But it's good to take time to reflect on even, well, I blew that. I won't do that again. That's the, that's the good times to reflect. The, the word of God says, the psalmist says, I hid God's word in my heart so I wouldn't sin against you. In other words, I've taken time to, to get that right and get some truth in my heart so I don't do it again. That's why reflection can be really positive, really positive. And it's called wisdom when you do that. It's not because you can have a whole lot of knowledge. Knowledge won't take you anywhere, but taking knowledge and applying it can bring wisdom, which is going to take you somewhere positive. So let's be careful, hey? You know, the Word of God says in Philippians 4, 8, 9, Finally, brothers and sisters, what other things are true? Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, good reports... If there's any virtue, if there's any pra think praiseworthy or meditate on these things. Think about these things. Reflect, it means. Meditate means to reflect on those things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, I, I read that passage and I just realized this week there's not a single mention of their reflecting on what you haven't got. There's no reflecting on what others have got and you haven't. There's no need to reflect on how you're you know, comparing yourself. It doesn't say that. It doesn't talk about any negative stuff. What it says is to reflect and learn from these things. Learn from your past so you can make a good choice into the future. 
And it says to come on, think about things that are good reports. Wouldn't it be good if we went every day into life thinking about the good reports? You know when you get the bad report from the doctor or the bad report from your boss saying, you know, we're going to have to, um, you know, he brings everybody into the, into the uh, staff room and says, you know, we're going to have to cut some people out. And you start to have a bad report. You know, even if you're one of them who loses the job, why don't you think about what God have you got better for me? I just think there's a better way of thinking and it takes reflection to think about it. And to see the good report. Amen? Not a single mention here of the bad. So here's the first thing. Reflect. But you know, after you reflect, you've got to do something else. Because you can't continue to live in the reflective mode. You can't live in that area of always looking back. You've got to, you've got to be something else. And you know what we need to do is we need to then, once you reflect, reflected, you need to refocus. Refocus. Philippians 3, 12 and 13. Paul says, not that I have already obtained or already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are, come on, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You've got an ahead. Every one of us have got a ahead. Some of us don't think we have a ahead, but we have. There's an ahead ahead of you. There's a better future ahead of you. There's a truth ahead of you. There's a hope ahead of you. There's joy and grace and love ahead of you. Are you willing to move into that? But if you can still, if you're dragging the chain about the past, see, you've got to let go. You've got to reflect, but you've got to then refocus. I've thought about it, and this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to go. Come on. Refocus. Refocus. We're not here on the earth just to fill in time. Did you know that? God has a purpose for your life. And you know what? I've discovered that God doesn't pick, um, pick you as he's picked, you know, as we pick, used to pick school teams. You know, on the Oval at lunchtime, some of you may have experienced this. I certainly did. Had two captains. We stand there. The captains stand there. We stand there. And the captains pick the best one, one after another. And when there's about four of us left, which I usually was among, they say, oh, you have the rest. And so we just go with another. God doesn't pick us that way. You know what? When God's the captain, he says, I'll have all of you at the same time because I've got plans and purposes for all of you. God says, I chose you. You didn't choose me. So we're not the last. We're not the, we're not the worst of the least. We're the best of the best. That's how God sees us. And he says he, he lays hold of us for a purpose, it says. And Paul says, come on, I press on for that purpose. I press into that every day. And, you know, once we've had times of reflection, you know what you need to do? You need to have a good focus and you need to refocus and say, well, that was then, but now this is how I can make it better. Refocus and move forward. It says press on towards the goal. Press on towards the mark. I want to encourage you this morning. What are you pressing into? Are you pressing into old habits that are no good, destructive things, attitudes, thoughts? I tell you, press into what Christ has got much better life for you than you realize. <sighs> you okay? You're good? Did you realize your rear vision mirror of your car is much smaller than your front windscreen? Some of you guys need to hear that because you're looking at your rear vision mirror around too much. You need to look through the one front windscreen. You need to refocus. My wife says, honey, look at through the one front windscreen. I say, darling, there's too much around. I'm enjoying She says, look, because when you look over there, the car... You know, I, I say, yes, darling, you're right, you're right. But there's times when you look in the rear vision mirror and you need to. It's a time to, because it reflects what's behind you and you need to look in the rear vision mirror. But once you've spent the moment looking at there, the car speeding up on you or what you've just hit or whatever it is, you're looking in the rear vision mirror. It's time. 
So stop looking in the rear vision mirror and it's time to focus out the front windscreen because you need to know where you're going. If you look at the size of the two, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I think the rear vision mirror is that small because of obvious reasons where you need to spend the windscreen is that big because that's where you need to possibly spend more time looking. Uh, folks, stop looking in the rear vision mirror. If you've done the reflection time, now start to focus. Because who knows a seed full of pockets is useless and you reach in there and take it out and sow it and start to move forward. Start to see where you're going. Come on. Come on. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27 says, Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will... That some of them, of course, on this world do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I don't just run everywhere, you know? You don't go into a marathon and run... 15 kilometers this direction when the race is going this direction. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. If I'm going to punch someone, let's punch someone. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. If you're going to punch the devil out, punch him out. But I got out of that one. Okay, so no, no, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, as you read this passage, you can think, oh, God God's wants me to win every race I'm competing in. No, 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 don't look at it that way. Because sometimes we think, oh, I don't want to be... God wants you to win every race, but the way that you win every race is just by competing. You know, and I often see what God says to us. Um, it's not whether you get first, second, or third place so often. It's with God. It's whether you've just done what he told you to do. And if you do what he told you to do, you're going to win the race. That's the win. Sometimes, oh, well, I didn't go first. You know, I'm pretty competitive, but the reality is, is, is it's not about winning races. It's about doing what, that's what the scripture is saying, just doing what God asks you to do. And if you do that, you're a winner. You're a winner. Because all of us have got our own individual races. I'm not running the race that Mary Ann's running. She's not running my race. I'm not running with, Dale's not running. We're running different races, and that's okay. For God's purpose is different for all of us. But just do what he asks and you'll be a winner. I love that about God. Don't be disqualified, it says. Don't, do not be disqualified from receiving the prize. You know, in the year 2000, I watched, as maybe you watched, we had our, uh, the 20-kilometer walk, 20-kilometer walk for women. And there was a lady called Jane Seville. Jane is an Australian champion for 20 kilometers. You know, walking, it's not running, but it, I mean, they go fast. It's when they touch the ground, they've got to keep their legs, their knees, legs straight and not bend their knee. Do you know what I'm talking about? And she is, I'm watching her. She's coming close to the Sydney Stadium. She's in first place. And she's, as she comes closer, and uh, all the Australians can see it on the big screen inside the stadium that she is winning. And they're all waiting in ex expectation. And you know what? Before she got to the stadium, within that kilometre of the stadium, she was disqualified. An official stepped out with a little red paddle and said, you've, you've bent your leg when you walked. And the next shot is her sitting in the gutter, just completely distraught. 20 kilometers, she nearly made it. She was in first place and she was disqualified just before the finish line. Um, that's sad, isn't it? I felt for her that day. I think all of Australia felt for her. Uh, what a discouragement it was. Um, she just made one mistake that an official saw and she was disqualified. I want to just encourage us today. The devil wants to disqualify you. He continually wants to speak in your ear 
And you know, even when you make the one mistake, he'll be there to say you're finished, you've had it, no future. That's not the truth. Because the reality is Jesus wants to speak in your ear and say, hey, you know, you made a mistake, get up out of the dust and let's run again. Just because it disqualifies you from that race doesn't mean it disqualifies you from the more races in the future. You know, Jane Seville in 2002 went to the Commonwealth Games in Edinburgh and won the gold medal. She got up out of the dust. 2004, she went to the Olympic Games in Athens and won the bronze medal. It wasn't a gold, but it was a bronze. So she got back into the, on the podium. You know, in 2006, she went to the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne and she won the gold medal. So she got back up on the horse, so to speak. She might have been disqualified from that race, but she wasn't disqualified from the races in the future. The devil wants to tell you sometimes you're disqualified, and I want to tell you this morning that you're not disqualified. You need to get back on the horse. You need to get back in the, pick up the running shoes and go again. Come on. And maybe today you need to hear that, whatever it is. What's, what is, what's happening in your life that's just keeping you busy all the time? What are the distracting voices? What are you looking at that you just need to stop looking at? What are the things, the noises in your life that are making a lot of noise and you can't hear God's voice because of so much noise? What offense has grabbed your heart and you just need to throw it off, shake it off and move on? What is happening in your life that you need to take time, not just to reflect on, but now to refocus and say, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. I want to say, don't give attention to the things you can't change. Don't focus on the things you can't change. Give them to God. Give the attention to the things you can make a difference in your life. And we often want to change everything around us. And the only thing that can really change is we can change ourselves. And as we change ourselves, we often find that things around us start to change because we see it differently. But, you know, don't get hung up. I want to change, oh, that, this situation. And that's it. Oh, they've got to change this person. I wish this. No, don't, don't change what you can't change. Give it to God and just allow God to change you. I reckon that's good advice for me this morning. What about you? I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Someone said foolishness is doing the same thing but expecting different results. Oh, I've been foolish sometimes. Doing the same thing, expecting different results. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So, come on. What adjustments do you need to make? What refocus? You know what I love about God? He says his mercies are new every morning. We have an opportunity every day to refocus, refocus, refocus every day. Yesterday, ah, oh, it didn't go so well yesterday, but today I can refocus. I can refocus. Third thing, and we'll finish with this. Not only do we need to reflect for a moment, not only do we need to refocus, but we need to refill. We need to reflect, refocus, we need to refill. John 10.10 10 says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Full. You know what full means in the Greek? Full. It means overflowing. Full. It means he wants to fill you. Isn't that wonderful? We've got a God who wants to fill us with fullness. What of? Him. More money? Well, not necessarily. More food? Mm, I don't need any more. More, more. more what? More of him. More of his presence in our life. When he's more of him, there is less of ourselves and there is more joy, peace, love, kindness, self-control. When there's more. You know what you need this morning? You just don't need, besides a good lunch, you need a more of him. You need a good God in your life. A good God in your life. He gives you more and keeps you full. Last, um, three weeks ago, I was coming out of the Philippines. I was in Tacloban, sitting with Pastor Margaret, Michelle, some other pastors, some other Filipinos. We were having a great time. The last supper before I left, and um, kind of, 
And so we're sitting in a place called Shakey's. I don't know why they call it Shakey's. It's a pizza hut. And so we're eating pizza, uh, probably not the healthiest food. But anyway, I was enjoying it. I'd spent, you know, a week um, drink, you know, eating other stuff. And now I just thought I wanted something rubbish, you know, basically. Let's just be honest. So I sat in this pizza, um, pizza place, and we had a pizza. And, um, and uh, no one else had this, but I did. Uh, everybody had pizza, but I had the, the waitress said, you can have a bottomless um, refill of Coke. I said, bring it on. I am not, you know, I don't drink a lot of, in actual fact, I've kind of stayed away from it, particularly after this episode. But, you know, so I had this cup. It was like this big. It was a clear glass. And so I, I, I was having a great time. Pizza, talking, excited about what God had done in the Philippines for over the, the two weeks I'd been there. Just God had been touching lives. And, you know, there was a lady I prayed for, and she was healed instantly from back. It was amazing. God was doing great things. Anyway, I'm sitting there having a great time talking, and I'm not really taking much notice of my cup. I've drank the Coke. I'm talking, eating salty pizza, oh, more drink, and I'm just putting it out, and the lady's just filling it. We're not even talking, the waitress. She just comes back and fills it automatically. I'm drinking it. I'm you know, just going like this and talking and eating pizza, getting thirstier, more Coke. Oh, I just drank it again. I think I had four or five cups of Coke that big. Folks, I was sugar overloaded. And the wonderful thing is I didn't have, it was amazing because this waitress was obviously keyed into my needs because she didn't want it to run dry. She did not want it to run dry. And the other thing about it that was really exciting is that, um, what was it? <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> all I had to do, all I had to do was just position my cup under the jug and it'd be filled. I just had to position it in the right spot and it was just full. I come back, oh, thank you. I finally had to say to the lady, no more, it's okay. After the fifth or sixth cup, I just had to say, it's okay, it's okay, no more. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Two things about this little story. God doesn't want you to run dry. Church, did you hear me? God does not want you to run dry. He's the endless supply of Coke. He's the waitress who'll always be there, filling you up. If you're willing to do this, position yourself in the right place. you just got to position yourself in the right place. Find yourself in a place of the church. Find yourself in worship. Find yourself in a place. You know, I just love worship. You know why I love worship? It's because God fills me. And you know, when I've reflected on some of my mistakes, and I think, yeah, God, I shouldn't have done that. And then I get some refocus. And as I refocus, I say, Father, you know what really refocuses me? When you refill me. Refill me with your spirit. Pulling, fully up again. I just need that. I don't need the world's filling. I need your filling. I, I, I don't need what the world gives me. I need what you give me. God is unlimited in his love. And he wants us just to position himself and he'll fill us. Just an open heart. We don't have to do something that's going to be so elaborate. We don't have to kind of hang from the chandeliers or do whatever. But you just got to open your heart. You know, I know that we lift our hands. May we do that. All these things. And they're important. And sometimes we dance. And, but, you know, it's all about what's in our heart and not the outward person. The outward stuff just reflects what's already coming out, I think. And so we need to allow him to... Give us an endless supply, endless supply of his presence is always there. Endless supply of his love, his joy, and his peace, his kindness, and his encouragement. Endless supply. We have a God who wants to fill us with every good thing, but sometimes we just put a lid on it. So I'll no more thank you. I've had six cups. You know, when it's God's supply, have more, it's endless. Don't ever put a lid on the cup. Keep on drinking. Keep on drinking. Keep on drinking. That's what we need to do. Be filled. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, 
Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Um, John 7.37 says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. That's what he says. You know, it takes two. Um, Our willingness to be in the position to be filled, and God is very willing to fill us. It takes us and him. And, you know, I want to encourage us this morning. God wants you to go the distance, not just limp over the line, but, you know, get over the line, get your breath back, and go again. Don't have to rush. It's not a 100-meter sprint. It's just that steady jog. You know, on park run on a Saturday morning, some people take 40 minutes to do 5Ks. And you know what? That's okay. You don't have to be the idiot like me who tries to do a PB every time. I'm not an idiot, but, you know, just competitive. You can, you just do it in your pace. Do it in your pace. Just as long as you're consistent. That's what I reckon. Just consistent. If you walk it, that's fine. But just do it at your pace. God wants you to go the distance. Can everybody say this with me? Go the distance. Once more, go the distance. He wants you to be there at the finish line, whether that's when you pass away or if the Lord returns. He wants you to be there. He wants you to be where Jesus is, on the throne with him or there around the throne. He wants you to, and I thank God this morning, he wants you to take time this week to reflect about your life. Don't spend oodles of time on it, but take a moment to reflect so you can consider what are the good things and the bad things that I need to take into, some things I need to drop off and some things I need to take into my future. And then after you reflect that he wants you to refocus with those good thoughts and move forward. And then after that, and in the process of refocusing, you just need to refill. Refill. Because some of you are just running dry. You can't live that way. You know what running dry means? Stress. You know what running dry is? Just heartache, offense, hurt. But when you're filled, all those things, certainly, it's not that like they've gone away. It's just that you see it differently. You see it differently and you're able to respond differently. I went on um, holidays in January this year for a week with Michelle and Lydia. Had a great week. I physically felt refreshed. But you know the reality is a holiday doesn't spiritually refresh you unless you're willing to spend time in his presence. Holiday's great. You can emotionally, you know, physically you can feel good, but spiritually. And sometimes, you know, we think, I'll just have a holiday. No, you know what the best holiday is? The best holiday sometimes is just... Spending time just worshipping our Heavenly Father. That's the best holiday. Holiday doesn't do what His presence can do all the time. We need a freshness, a fresh revelation of Jesus, a falling in love with Christ, whatever you'd like to call it today. Can we stand? This morning, my real prayer is that we just refill. Maybe this morning you just need a refill. Why don't you take a moment to refill? not going to take a long time, but can we just worship again this morning just for a moment and just say, Father, I need your refilling. I need your refilling. Come on, let's just give him time.